welcome back to another episode of But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. I am recording a podcast that I am just really excited to share with you guys, one that I've done a lot of prep for. I feel like it's been a while since I did one that I actually like sat down and just really prepped and didn't throw up, which I love kind of like, I don't really want to call them the throw up episodes, but the episodes that are just really chill and not very structured. I really love those, but this is one that I think was really important for me just to research and really kind of have a sense of why I feel the way I do about this. I'm talking about confidence today and self-confidence and how I've learned to be a more confident person in my life and kind of get over my insecurities. But at least for me, I've kind of heard the same narrative whenever people talk about this topic and I used to buy into this narrative and just found myself feeling very unfulfilled, finding myself even less confident, finding myself feeling even more insecure. And recently I've just randomly been listening to podcasts and reading books on this topic, not on purpose, but it's kind of just made its way into my life. And I was sitting today thinking about it and I was just like, I really want to share my heart behind this because it's something that I think especially as young women, we're kind of fed this message that you need to love yourself fully, you need to fully embrace yourself, you are the one in control of your own happiness. And there's so much of an emphasis on self, so much of an emphasis on fulfilling your own desires and you know that's the way that you're going to be confident and I can just say that I have tried to do that in the past I have focused a lot on myself and I have only felt like I said more insecure more lacking even more confidence finding myself feeling more bitter towards other people by kind of living this way and just realizing how feeble-minded I am and how happiness isn't necessarily the number one thing to pursue and so I just kind of wanted to touch on this and then I'm going to go and break down just how I have learned to find confidence in different sectors of my life those sectors being my appearance finances social status work and my intellect because these are areas that I have all in different periods of my life some more recently than others have really struggled with and I think I have just some specific points I haven't conquered anything I'm not an expert I'm not a 100% self-confident person, but I think that I've come a long way from where I used to be on these things. And I also just wanted to say that I think with this conversation comes the idea of anxiety and depression. And I don't ever want to put these things down because I have family members who have struggled with anxiety and depression that were clinically diagnosed. And so I just want to recognize that it's very real. And I do think for some people finding medical expert advice on these things is more important. And sometimes taking actual medicine because of the way that your brain is wired helps as well. And I'm not anti that. I just want to put that out there. But I think there are a lot of people who just have general kind of issues with self-confidence. And so for those people listening, this is for you and I really hope it helps. So to start off, I want to read a couple of quotes from books that I have read that I personally really liked, but kind of disagreed with this idea and kind of share why I disagree with it and some other sources that I think are important to kind of listen to. But the first one is from the book Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Again, I'm not trying to like crap on these books or anything. These are just ideas that have led me to be more sad by following. And so I just want to touch on them. I think these books have good points. The truth 
You and only you are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are. So there's this idea that you ultimately are in control of your own happiness. And I just personally don't think that this is true. I think that our childhood experiences, who we're around, the situations that we encounter, all these things shape us. And it's so clear that especially in your childhood, those things shape who you are. And it's not to make you feel like a victim. Like if you face these things for the rest of your life, you will struggle with them. But it is just to acknowledge that it's not always about your mindset. And, you know, if I tell myself I'm happy, I'm going to be happy because there are so many things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I also just don't agree with focusing so much on happiness. I was watching Renee Emberg on YouTube And she was talking about this in a video where there's such an emphasis on being happy when there are so many emotions out there. You know, we can feel sad, we can feel confused, we can feel exhilarated, but there's such this emphasis on happiness. And I think that a lot of times that comes with the self-confidence movement too, that ultimately you will feel most confident when you're the most happy. And I just disagree with that. There's another quote from another book. This one is the book, You Are a Badass. And this quote says, you are perfect. To think anything less is as pointless as a river thinking that it's got too many curves or that it moves too slowly or that it's rapids are too rapid. Says who? You're on a journey with no defined beginning, middle, or end. You are the only you there is and ever will be. I repeat, you are the only you there is and ever will be. Do not deny the world its one and only chance to bask in your brilliance. And the issue that I have is what happens when we don't feel brilliant? Or better yet, what happens when the world doesn't make us feel brilliant? I've had so many times where I feel insecure or not confident because of something that someone says to me or because of how I'm received or maybe I just make a mistake and I need to acknowledge that. And I'm not necessarily brilliant in that moment, but I could take that moment and become a more confident person. I just think having this focus on happiness and self and you know, assuming that the world thinks that you're brilliant is only going to lead us to put so much focus on ourselves and make us even sadder because, you know, the reality is we're not that brilliant. We make mistakes. I think history shows we have made so many mistakes over the course of our years. We've also done a lot of good things, but we've done a lot of bad things. And you guys know I'm a Christian, and so I believe you know, we're sinners. We are not born perfect. And I just feel the need to kind of fight this urge to constantly feed yourself this talk that you are, you know, perfect. I read this book from Ali Stuckey. It's called You're Not Enough and That's Okay. And she says this quote, and I just think this sums it up. It says, if the self is the source of our depression or despair or insecurity or fear, it can't also be the source of our ultimate fulfillment. And so I used to think this way where, you know, if I really focus on myself, if I focus on my own goals, my own wants, my own desires, I'm going to be happy. But like this quote says, you know, if all those things can also make us so insecure, so bitter, so depressed, why do we think that just focusing on ourselves is ultimately going to fulfill us? And it also went in line with this podcast I was recently listening to, and I've touched on this on a different podcast, but... Joe Rogan had Keith Campbell on his podcast and he does a lot of studying on narcissism, which I know you might be like, what does this have to do with anything, Michelle? But just stick with me. He points out that there are three different kinds of narcissism. The first one is kind of like your classic narcissist. It's the grandiose narcissism. So someone who is very well liked, they're the center of attention, they really need approval from other people. 
They're great at starting relationships, but they're also more likely to cheat. They're also more likely to be controlling. They're likely more active on social media. They have more friends. They have more followers. Kind of what you think of as a narcissist. But then the second one, this is one that I had never really heard someone talk about, but it's called the vulnerable narcissist. It's someone who has kind of that same sense of entitlement, but they're actually shy. They are more worried. They are kind of covert narcissists. They're wishing that they got attention, but they're too scared to actually put themselves out there. And so they just kind of stay recluse and they don't come out of like their hermit shell. And then the third one is the narcissistic personality disorder. So this is someone who deals with narcissism so badly that it actually impairs their work, their relationships. And it kind of made me think that maybe we're focusing so much on ourselves and it's leading to this sense of narcissism because we think, you know, we're thinking that we need this attention that's going to validate us because we're told that's how we'll be confident. But do we really think that that's what's going to ultimately make us confident. I was also watching The Social Dilemma, which I know so many people have listened to, but this was a point that was in an article, I believe, but it talks about how we use our phones as digital pacifiers. And the article says, The Social Dilemma points to growing evidence that teens as well as adults have lost the ability to calm and soothe themselves with real-world reflection, activities, and relationships. Instead, they deal with challenging emotions by turning to social media for distraction and entertainment. This is another way in which addiction to social media takes hold and draws teens away from more enriching experiences. A whole generation is more anxious, more fragile, more depressed, social psychologist Jonathan Haidt, PhD, says in the documentary, commenting on the exponential rise in teen mental health conditions and suicides since 2010, when social media and smartphones became prevalent. And I know that it may seem weird to tie kind of, okay, now we got social media coming to play, but I think there's a connection here because I think we're also dealing with comparison issues because we're on our phones. And instead of kind of getting out there, something that Keith Campbell talked about in this podcast was how important it is to have hobbies outside of your work, outside of even your friendships, just things to do purely for themselves and how that makes us less focused on ourselves which inherently makes us happy and how instead of doing those things, we're going to our phones, which you would think is making us more confident because it's probably boosting our ego, but it's not. This was in a TED talk with Keith Campbell, but he said, we need to separate ourselves from our ego. We need to use our ego as a tool to use when we need to, then put it away and enjoy the rest of our lives. This is ultimately my belief and confidence. Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My flesh and my heart faileth. My flesh includes my work. It includes my intellect. It includes my relationships. It includes all these things. They are going to fail me, but God is not. God is the strength of my heart. And I think that we consistently tell ourselves that it's okay that we are imperfect. It's okay to take a day off. It's okay to not feel okay. But then we go and tell ourselves that our happiness is all dependent on ourselves and our confidence is all dependent on loving ourselves. But if we know that we're imperfect, aren't we never going to love ourselves enough? What if we focus more on enjoying the rest of our lives, like Keith Campbell said in that quote, maybe without putting ourselves as a center, instead of allowing our ego just to drive our happiness and, you know, assume that that's how we're going to feel confident. I just think it's important to kind of assess why we take in the things that we take in online. I'm about to go into all these different topics, but I just want to say, that I'm not saying all this stuff to kind of shame anyone or guilt anyone because I was there and I'm still there some days and I still sometimes believe what culture tells me that I am the ultimate source of my happiness. 
but I can just tell you that it has led me to being bitter. It's led me to be sad. It's led me to be not a great friend, not someone who serves others well, not someone who focuses on work. It's made me more greedy, and I just don't think it should be the dominant voice in our culture. So I hope this just kind of puts a different perspective out there. I know it's actually one that's pretty popular, so I'm not saying I like made this up or anything, but I first just wanted to go into the looks segment. So feeling a lack of confidence in your appearance, the way that you look, and just physically how you appear to other people. So right now, this is actually a big one for me because I've touched on this on my videos. I've touched on it here and there, but I have been dealing with something that I never thought I would deal with, something that I never thought would be, you know, a concern for me because I have always had, you know, very thick, long hair. I wish I could show pictures in this podcast, but in high school, I had hair down to my waist. It was thick. No, it was literally down to my hips. And it was dark. I had never dyed it. It was very healthy. And recently, since March, I have been dealing with hair loss, which is not fun. This isn't like female pattern baldness or anything like that, although a lot of people do deal with that young. It's kind of a new world I've been exposed to, how many people deal with hair loss, and it's actually not that big of a deal unless it is, you know, indicative of something that your body's dealing with that you need to get treated But for me, I'm pretty sure mine is due to low iron, stress, and then possibly like a gut issue. I'm still figuring it out. I have no idea. But during this process, I have never felt so insecure about my hair because I haven't been wanting to get it dyed. I'm always used to getting my hair dyed blonde and getting it done regularly and just having thick hair. And I never thought about how much I kind of see my self-worth in my hair and I never really notice how much we focus on our hair and it's one of those things that you just notice you notice when it starts getting thinner you notice when you know your parts a little bit thicker or for me even my eyebrows and my eyelashes are shedding and at first it was something that I kind of just didn't care about but the longer it goes on the more I just feel insecure about the way that I look about not looking the way that I used to I had days where I would just scroll to my older photos and compare pictures side to side and just be like, why don't I look like I used to? And just feeling less like myself. You know, I've dealt with this in other ways too. I did a whole fitness episode on how, you know, I used to be very conscious of eating and wanting to look a certain way in terms of my body. And I have gotten over that part of my life, but it's just funny how it's always on to the next thing. You get confidence in one area and then the next thing it's something else. I think it's really hard, especially just as women, there is a lot of emphasis on how we look. You know, we use social media a lot and we scroll and we see these pictures of other women who are likely airbrushed, that are photoshopped, that probably don't look the same as they do in person and that's okay because it doesn't really matter what we look like but we just deal with this a lot and I think actually men deal with it too. We just don't talk about it as much and all genders. And so we spend so much money on haircuts. We spend so much money on makeup. We spend so much money on clothing. Thinking that these things and the way that we look are going to make us more confident in ourselves. And you know, it is hard when you look at yourself in the mirror every day and maybe like me, I feel like my job is a lot of just being online. And so I want to look the way that I want to look, but sometimes I don't like how I look. But I love this quote. I read this book called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. I think it's a really great book, but she says, lie. The more self-esteem I have, the better life will go for me. 
truth. The more I choose God and others over myself, the more joyful I will be. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I choose to serve God and others over serving myself. And I know it can seem counterintuitive when you're focusing on your appearance to be like, oh, I'll just get out and do something for someone else. But I truly think with the way that we look, the best way to kind of get over those insecurities is to stop focusing on our appearance as much. Because in the grand scheme of life, it is not the most important thing. I feel the most confident in my appearance and the way I look when I am not focusing on my appearance in the way that I look. And not focusing on if other people are noticing my appearance and if I look good. And just kind of putting my energy in other places. You know, Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. God made us fearfully and wonderfully made. And by doubting the way that he has made us, it's taking away the time that we get to praise him and to be joyful and glad in this day because it's the day that God has made and focusing our energy there. And I know it's hard and I'm preaching to the choir here because this is something I have been struggling with, like I said, more frequently than I used to, but you just can't focus on it. You just can't. And so my biggest tip for one is just to drop the freaking phone. And when I say this, I mean, don't go on Instagram. Don't go on YouTube. If there are people who you find yourself constantly comparing your looks to, mute them or just get off and just acknowledge that it's not their fault that you're feeling that way. Aiden and I talk about this all the time, but sometimes you think that you have the willpower to defeat your own demons and you don't for the most part. Like you have to cut the thing that's tempting you out of your life. So for us, we'll go on like a sugar craze one weekend and like be obsessed with sugar. And we know that we can't be trusted to have like cookies in the pantry because we're just going to devour them. I don't think cookies are bad. I'm just saying like as an example with your phone, if you find yourself feeling more insecure every time you go on Instagram, and I know you hear this all the time. I know you watch The Social Dilemma and I know you know that this is not good for you, but you have to do it. And again, I'm preaching to the choir because a lot of times I will use my phone as my own pacifier and try to kind of ease the way that I feel with it, but I only feel worse after I get off. And so drop the phone, remind yourself that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and focus your energy elsewhere. Focus on your work. Maybe there's a friend that you haven't seen in a while. Hang out with that friend. Maybe you can go volunteer somewhere if I know a lot of places probably aren't doing volunteering right now, but donate money. Just do something outside of yourself that takes up your energy that's currently being used on focusing on the insecurities of your looks. And now we're going to talk about money because I know this is a big thing that people are very insecure about. And I think with this, there are probably ways that you can actually feel more confident in your finances, feel more confident. I'm so excited, you guys. If you have been listening to this podcast, you know Dave Ramsey comes up in literally every episode. I think Dave Ramsey is the best. I grew up listening to him during carpool and my parents would pick me up from school 
my parents implemented his policies. You know, my sister just paid off a ton of debt using Dave Ramsey. And I just feel like he's been a really big influence in my life. But recently, Rachel Cruz, who is Dave Ramsey's daughter, she works with Dave Ramsey at his company. Her publicist reached out and she's going to be on this podcast. And I cannot wait. It just feels very full circle for me. It's a very big moment for me, something I'm very just thankful about because this podcast was started to kind of share mentors and I feel like Dave Ramsey has been such a mentor in my family in general and so I'm just really excited and I hope you're excited too but Dave Ramsey talks a lot about budgeting and saving and so I think you have to kind of assess your own personal insecurities with money and say you know why am I insecure about this Is it because I'm worried that other people at my age have more money saved than I do? Am I saving enough? Am I making too little at my job? You know, assess where this confidence is coming from. Are you guilty about a purchase? Do you feel like you could budget better? Do you wish you could pay off more debt? Like, what is actually bothering you with your finances? That is something that you can tangibly work at. Unless it's something that you're just looking at other people thinking, wow, people have more money than I do and I'm insecure about that. Because I can just tell you, money does not make you happy. I'm reading Rachel Cruz's book right now and she has this line, which I just think is so good, but it says, the truth is that money is just a magnifying glass. It makes you more of whoever you are. If you're kind and generous, you'll be even more kind and generous with money. If you're rude and self-centered, you'll be even more rude and self-centered with money. Money is just a tool and has nothing to do with your identity. Who you are and who you're becoming has nothing to do with money. If you think that your life is going to be better with more money, and maybe there, I think that they say after making like 60000 a year, the benefits of making more money like go down. You don't feel any more happy or something like that. And so just know that more money doesn't equate to a better life. If you're looking at people on Instagram or another form and thinking, wow, I wish I had what they have, just know that they're probably still dealing with things that make them very unhappy deep down inside. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I think it's important to note that this doesn't say keep your lives free from money. It says keep your lives free from the love of money. It's not necessarily that money is inherently bad, but when we love it too much, it becomes an idol in our life and it can oftentimes make us very insecure. I remember a time in high school when I was obsessed with watching these huge haul videos where people would just go to the store and buy so much clothes. I'm sure if you guys are listening to me, you probably have seen these videos. I mean, I used to do them too. I would literally title the video, huge clothing haul. And it just made me want to go to a store and buy a ton of stuff. And so I remember in high school, I would see these Black Friday ones. And I was never even really a Black Friday person, but it just made me want to consume more. So on Black Friday, I would go out and buy 10 candles. I would buy five shirts. I would buy, you know, whatever, a lot of clothes. And then I would do these haul videos. And I could say it felt so good in the moment buying all this stuff. But then after I put up the video, I just felt really unfulfilled. I felt like I wasted money. I felt like I just did something for a video. And now I don't even really do haul videos that much. I don't do like huge hauls. I don't do those with brands anymore. But Now, I just look at people who are buying houses, and I can sometimes feel envious of that. Sometimes I feel like I'm insecure because we're still renting our apartment and we don't own a house. And so your marker of success is always shifting. That's just what I'm trying to say. 
It's not always going to be about huge hauls, but it'll be about something else down the road. And so I think my biggest solution is if you're feeling insecure about money because you don't feel like you have control of your money, maybe you don't have a budget, maybe you're intimidated by budgeting, maybe you just feel insecure about tracking your money because you know you're overspending, maybe you just don't make very much money and you don't feel like you can actually keep up with your bills because you don't have enough coming in. Maybe you have a lot of student debt and it's just something you feel really insecure about. Think if there are tangible ways that you can actually go about sorting out your finances. I forgot who said this in a sermon. No, it was JP at Watermark Church. I remember in a sermon he said, leaders clarify confusion. And if you want to be a leader in your life, you have to clarify what's confusing. And if your finances are confusing, maybe try getting a budget going. I know I mentioned Dave Ramsey. He's great. You don't even need that, though. You can just go in Excel, put categories, track your money. I used to always use apps before I actually got married. And now Aiden and I, we list out every single purchase we make. And it really makes you more aware of where your money's going and like, hey, is my heart in the right place if the biggest category that I spend on is shopping? And just kind of asking yourself these questions. Something I used to be really intimidated about and feel insecure about was investing. I always felt like I needed to be putting my savings into investments because that's what we were supposed to do. But I just never felt smart enough to do that. I felt like investing was for you know, big wealth investors and the stock market. I didn't think I could keep up. But slowly, I just started investing a little bit of money and learning a little bit and seeing it grow. I started my retirement account when I was 20. And it was just really interesting to see things increase and see how certain tax policy affects me as a small business owner. And just to kind of notice how things are influencing my life and feeling like I had more clarity over my finances, having a five-year plan. And so if that's where your lack of confidence in your finances is stemming from, that is actually an easy fix. You can clarify. I just want to say, I feel like I see videos on this, but if you watch those like money mistakes you make in your 20s, I literally made one of those videos. There's no right or wrong way to do your 20s in terms of finances. Yes, you can make more money in the long run if you start investing now, but that doesn't mean you have to. Like, your path is not the same as everyone else's. Maybe you have more debt to pay off. That's okay. Pay off the debt first and then focus on the other things. You aren't supposed to be in the same phase of life as someone else. And just because someone's steps may seem like they're more correct than yours, it doesn't mean that they are any more happy as well. Another thing that really changed my perspective with money was giving. I find that I'm the most insecure about money when I'm A, making the most, and B, when I'm not giving my money. When I'm hoarding it, when I'm thinking it's something that I have to be stingy about, that is when I feel the most insecure in my money versus when I'm giving 10% of whatever I make each month to our church. When I'm giving money to, when I have extra money to give away to a cause that I care about. Like those are things that make me feel like, okay, this is ultimately God's money. It's not mine. And he has trusted me as, you know, someone who can use this as a tool. So I'm going to use it to the best of my ability instead of just always thinking that it's something I have to protect and safeguard because that's when I feel the most insecure. And now we're going to talk about social status. So this is just kind of your relationships, friendships. This is another thing that I have recently felt and recently have dealt with. We were actually eating dinner the other night 
and all day I was just feeling off and felt kind of like this void and I was thinking about it at dinner and it's just one of those things that sometimes when you're sad you can't hide it. Aiden was like, is everything okay? You seem like kind of quiet. And I just opened up that I was feeling a little bit lonely. I was feeling insecure because this is something that I've just always thought about, but I've never been a big FaceTimer. I've never just randomly FaceTime people and I've always kind of felt intimidated by FaceTiming people. I think that's just like an introvert thing. But I was thinking like, wow, I feel like I never really FaceTime people. And then I was thinking about it and I was just feeling insecure, like other people were hanging out with people more than I was. And we just recently moved to Dallas, so we're still meeting friends. And it's especially just hard right now because you're not obviously seeing huge groups of people or anything. He was like, you know what, you should just reach out to everyone that you can who lives around here or next time they're here that you just hang out with them. And so I just reached out to a few people and made some plans and I've been getting to know my neighbor more and just felt a little bit better after actually making plans and feeling like I was hanging out with people. I think that a lot of times as an introvert, we kind of expect people to come to us when they want to see us, but you have to be the person who reaches out to other people because you genuinely want to see them. You genuinely want to invest in them. And that's something that I've been learning right now as someone who is not normally the one who reaches out to hang out with people. And you know, I am more of an introvert, so I am perfectly fine being independent and kind of being on my own, but I still do get lonely. And I'm a big believer that friendships and relationships are super important. Like friendships with other people, they often bring us out of our insecurities because we can talk with them and say, hey, do you ever feel this way? How do you get out of this? You can have someone to be like, oh my gosh, you're just overthinking or just kind of showing empathy to other people. This is a very healthy thing. And I think especially if you're caught in your own thoughts, it's so important to be around other people. It's something that I have learned, especially just within marriage. I can't tell you how humbling it is to be married and to have a whole nother person to think about, to care for, to nurture, to compromise with. It always makes me think of this quote from The Meaning of Marriage, which is a book by Tim Keller, but he says, both men and women today see marriage not as a way of creating character and community, but as a way to reach personal life goals. They are looking for a marriage partner who will fulfill their emotional, sexual, and spiritual desires, and that creates an extreme idealism that in turn leads to a deep pessimism that you will never ever find the right person to marry. Marriage, I can just say, is so much more fulfilling when you're not focused on constantly getting what you want to get out of the marriage. It should be something where you're pursuing a joint goal together. And I can't tell you how rewarding it is to compromise with someone, to do things for another person, to just feel deep companionship with another person for the sake of that and not because it checks off boxes on your list. And it has just been so healthy for me for just sharpening me and feeling so deeply close to another human being. I cannot explain. Like, marriage rocks, y'all. If you pick a person who's going to do it well, like, it is the way to go. All that to say, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling insecure in the realm of kind of your social status, try reaching out to people. And if you don't actually have friends, you know, make friends. Try volunteering somewhere. Again, I don't really think that's happening. Try going to church. It is happening some places. <laughs> Reach out to people you haven't spoken to in a while. Like, make that effort to actually be around another human being, even if it isn't how 
you know, it might be with other people. Maybe you're used to having lifelong friends and you think, oh, if I meet new people, it's just not going to be the same as that old friendship because that's how I used to think. But just because it's not the same, it still doesn't mean that it's not worth putting in that effort to meet new people. Again, if you are someone who gets really bad social anxiety, this may be something that you need to get actually diagnosed. But if you just feel like you're always focusing on how you're being perceived when you're around people, you got to snap that out. And you just have to tell yourself that when you're hanging out with other people, they are way more focused on what you're thinking about them versus them judging you. I just think that's important to know. And also, if the thing that's making you insecure is just the fact that you're single and you don't have like a romantic relationship, you don't need a romantic relationship to be fulfilled. You can hang out with other people, you can work towards your own goals, and you can still serve others outside of being in a relationship. And I think that singleness is actually a really beautiful thing because when you are focusing on it in that way, you likely will attract, you know, someone who's also doing that the same way and could find a romantic relationship by focusing on these things. And now we're getting to the big one. And this is one that has been the biggest so far for me and that is work so you guys know I do social media as a job I do this podcast I do my youtube channel I do instagram and just as of lately I have felt more unfulfilled in doing this and have just not felt confident in my work not felt confident in what I'm putting out and just being ultra sensitive to how I'm being perceived online which never really used to be something that I would say I struggled with that bad and just so sensitive to a point where I just gotta like get over it and just know that I'm not gonna please everyone. I've just been letting insecurity and the focus on myself keep me from doing a good job at my job, feeling as if there is a greater purpose that I should be living out rather than what I'm doing right now and just comparing myself to other people online And feeling like sometimes my life is just advertising for brands, which just like real talk, sometimes that is how it feels doing the job that I'm doing. And I think the big thing for me that I've been trying to do, and this is one that is very unsolved because I am right now trying to decipher what in my head is from the enemy and what is truth. Because I think some of these feelings are perfectly plausible. So for me, I think that there is some truth to me not fulfilling my true purpose of what I'm doing online. I fully believe that God has me here for a reason. I think that he has me saying what I'm saying here for a reason, even if I make mistakes, even if not everyone agrees with me. I believe this is where I'm supposed to be right now. But I think that sometimes I'm not fully cognizant of what he wants me to be doing. You know, am I being honest about how I feel about things? Am I letting criticism keep me from being open? These are all valid concerns that I need to be listening to because I have thought about it and know that this is truth. And I think that sometimes God does make you feel a little bit of guilt to move you in a different direction. But on the other hand, comparison, like no. Just like if you're in a job, and you're constantly comparing yourself to your coworkers. maybe someone got promoted, you feel insecure, that is not your job to feel insecure. Your job, you should be happy for that person, just as I should be happy when someone else is doing really well in what I do. So often I focus on staying relevant online when 
I'm not even the one who's trying to be relevant. Ultimately, my mission in my videos is that somehow someone would be called to live a more joy-filled life that ultimately has a greater purpose for me that would be serving my Lord and Savior. Jenny Allen also has this quote from her book. It says, There is a journey into joy that makes zero sense based on our circumstances. This is a fight for clear, focused purpose amid rampant consumerism. This is a God-given peace that surpasses understanding for our seasons of suffering. This is redeeming the time amid unprecedented distraction and noise. This is the beauty of esteeming others amid a narcissistic culture. This is learning to speak the truth and love in a world that says we should never offend. This is how you can breathe deeply and sleep peacefully in an anxiety-ridden society. This is an otherworldly way to live. And I think that with your work, you have to change your thoughts and see what is the enemy and what is actually truth. So maybe making small strides towards a place that you want to be in in your work isn't a bad thing. Like, can you do an extra task? Can you help out a coworker? Can you start a project that you've put off? For me, I feel like I'm always putting off things because I just feel that it's never going to be perfect, but you're not called to be perfect. You're called to do your job. Y'all know that 1 Thessalonians 4.11 is my favorite verse. It says to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you. And I think that just simply looking at your work as you working with your hands during the day that is enough. You don't always need to be climbing this ladder. If you're diligently working with your hands each and every day, that is good and that's something to focus on. And this last one is one that I really struggled with in college. I just wanted to put it in here briefly. It's not going to be a long one, but it's my intellect. I felt like a lot of times at college, I felt very insecure about not knowing enough. And this is really sad. I later kind of came to terms with this because I felt very isolated from my faith in college. And I've always wondered why that was. But a big reason for me was I would sit in these theology classes and feel like I wasn't good enough to read my Bible. I didn't feel like I knew the context enough. I didn't feel like I could interpret this Greek word to the ability that I was supposed to. And so I felt like I was not capable of reading my Bible And part of that was my fault because maybe I wasn't putting in the work to understand it like I should have been. But I think that you can't let insecurity with your intellect keep you from learning. You have to stay curious. You have to aim to learn more. But don't let yourself sit on the sidelines because you don't think that you know enough. If you're lacking confidence in the way that you think, look at different perspectives. Read different resources. Read different books. But also know that someone who seems to have the smartest intellect who seems to be the most well-read that is not always the person who is technically the smartest i love this section in first corinthians it's first corinthians 126 through 30 but it says for consider your calling brothers not many of you were wise according to worldly standards not many were powerful not many were of noble birth but god chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing to things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You can't boast in your intellect. And I just love the part that just shows that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise because worldly standards are not God's standards. 
those are all my sections, but I just want to close by saying a few things. First and foremost, don't always focus your hope and your pursuit of happiness in yourself. I can't tell you how fleeting this is because you're going to let yourself down. Your appearance, your wealth, your intellect, these things can all go away so quickly. So you have to have another source to find your confidence. And I know not everyone's a Christian, so I don't want to say everyone's is God. That is mine. But if you're not a Christian, there has to be something outside of yourself that fulfills you. I ultimately do think that void is God, but everyone is different. I also just think it's important, and maybe this more so if you're not a Christian, this is something to mention, but Keith Campbell talks a lot about, he's the one who did all the research on narcissism, but a big part of that podcast, he was talking about how it's important to find hobbies outside of your work, outside of your friends that you enjoy, because oftentimes just getting ourselves out of ourselves and Getting our minds off ourselves is one of the most beneficial things to being happier, more content, more fulfilled. Not necessarily happy. I know I just said happy, but happiness is not the goal, as we said. Just feeling more fulfilled. And so think if there is some sort of hobby, even if that's just taking walks, getting a dog, caring for a dog. That's something that I really want to do. Even if that is taking up tennis, something that maybe you don't think you're going to be good at, but just trying, it can be really helpful to kind of get your mind off the things that it's consuming itself with. And also just know that you're not alone. I am preaching to the choir with this one. This is definitely going to be one of those episodes that I come back to to listen to when I'm feeling insecure because I think it's important just to know that we all feel this way, but don't run to your phone Don't run to scrolling on Instagram to feel better. Be curious. Read. Listen to different podcasts. Maybe go explore somewhere new. Just get out there. But don't always just stay on your phone siloed to your digital, stuck to your digital pacifier because it's definitely not going to satisfy in the end. And I know that more than anyone because my job is social media, so I do understand. But I'm so thankful for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram, leave a review, whatever it may be. I'm so thankful for you guys, and I hope you guys have just a great, great rest of your week. (laughs) 